Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. excited to have you here Nikita Carmen. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. You're so cool. You walked in and you're just cool. Oh that is definitely not a word I would use to ever describe myself. Why not? I don't know I've never considered myself a very cool person. I don't have like any cool hobbies. I guess writing music is cool. Yeah being an awesome singer songwriter <laughs> yeah, is that's cool. True. That's like the coolest. Yeah but, but yeah. it's just what you've always done so you never thought it was anything probably yeah and especially actually i definitely thought i was cooler before i moved to nashville because mm. you know when you're like in sydney or like where i lived in sydney no one else australia did yeah no one else did music so i was like i am like a unicorn and then i moved to nashville and i was like i don't even want to tell people what i do when i get in like an uber or something they're like what do you do and i'm like this is going to be the most like answer i'm sure they get all the time so what's better Moving to Nashville, competing in the big leads, leagues, not feeling like a unicorn or in living, you know, in the middle of a cutthroat, hard industry, but still wonderful and amazing, but hard AF mm -hmm. in all the senses, emotionally, spiritually, physically, mentally, uh, you know, financially, just like you have to give up so much to chase a dream. Oh, 100%. and especially you from Australia. So like what's better moving here and having a shot to be you know one of the best in the world or being the best in your world in mm -hmm. sydney that's yeah. a hard question i'd love to hear you answer i know i mean well that was the thing i actually never established myself in music in australia at all like mm -hmm. i played pubs growing up um i would play one pub 
two times a week for three hours and my parents would come to every single one every thursday night and every sunday my mom would come and sing like background vocals for like your mom like, sings <laughs> they, they used to be in a band together my parents. Your parents it was like the most 80s band of all time so you grew up <laughs> in a cool musical yeah were they like cool parents yeah way cool like that's the my like mom always tells me she's like i probably wouldn't have been friends with you in high school because i was way cooler than you <laughs> So like, what? how cool are they? What are they like? Because I want to be a cool parent. I have yeah. a three-year-old and I'm like, I gotta, I, I want to know what the cool parents do. Yeah. I mean, I was not raised on any country music. I feel like that was the one rebellious act I had growing up was finding Rascal Flats and then forcing my parents to listen to, to that in the car. And they were like, I mean, you were raised, my dad's like uh, British. So I was just raised on all the... It was mainly Queen, just Queen, <laughs> over and over again. Reason, but also, you got obsessed with Jewel. I did get obsessed with Jewel, too. She, Well, my dad, actually, because he played guitar in the, the band that my parents had together, so he taught me a couple of chords on guitar, and then Jewel was the first person that I started playing. I would play Hands by Jewel. I think that was oh, the first song that I learned. And, and I do think that that is why... If anyone says I sound like anyone, they always like, oh, you kind of have like a jewel thing. I'm like, that's probably that's probably how that happened. <laughs> you know, that's a thing because I feel like I heard this. I don't know this to be true, but I'm pretty sure it's true. Shay Mooney mm-hmm. from Dan and Shay like was obsessed with Rascal Flats and listened to uh, Gary LaVox mm-hmm. all the time. And he sounds so much like him. Yeah. You know, I mean, I feel like you probably if you're already a good singer, and then you kind of like get obsessed and study someone. Mm-hmm. You can't help but like incorporate it. Yeah, I know. It's even why, I mean, I don't really have like a Southern American accent when I sing, but I definitely don't sing with an Australian accent at all. Hmm. And that's probably from listening to a lot of American country music, I imagine. <laughs> so you're a four on mm-hmm. the Enneagram. Yes. And we were just talking about how miserable that can be. <laughs> I don't know how you've done it as a four. Okay, because... I'm a four. And for anyone who doesn't know the Enneagram, how would you describe fours on the Enneagram? Because <laughs> when you meet another four and you're like another four who's like really gone into their fourness, like yeah. both of us have, I've met some other fours like that and you look at each other and it's like, I just, I know, <laughs> I know how you feel. I'm, yeah, which is just very, very large, like everything <sighs> you feel. So it's like really happy and excited and you can really see the beauty in everything some days, but then it's like you can equally see the other side of the coin and when you're in that like sadness or like anxious place that also feels all-consuming all-consuming and I get in that place all the time me too and it's been more like frequent frequent. all the time I'm talking a couple years for me lately yeah (laughs) I feel like I'm coming out of it but I'm like and like I feel I'm so empathetic and I bet you are (laughs) are you yeah I think so. Well, I just feel <laughs> everyone. Like I can like, when you walk in, I can feel your energy. Like when mm-hmm. someone walks in, I can immediately read them. I can look at their eyes. I can see all the pain they're carrying up front. And then I can also see like their personality, how they present themselves. I know I can just get a feel on where that person is. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. But that, oh. <laughs> I, but I love people like I like have like I used to go to like mind body soul expos and like go and have people tell you what color you are and all that kind of stuff and I I like love that and I wish I was more in tune to that side of things but I think maybe sometimes I'm too wrapped up in how I feel that it's hard for me to grasp how other people are feeling and then I'm like oh my god yeah I need to like focus on something other than the inside of my head (laughs) well honestly I think what I've 
kind of come to the conclusion is like if you can get your head good and clear and like focused on contributing positively to the world with your gifts you know i feel like that is really healing the world if we all could like really get to a place where we felt more healed and moved let that guide us Mm -hmm. which i feel like you're doing you know like you've followed your dream you've moved from australia you've pursued like you pursued this very very elusive butterfly you know and it's you really and i told you this when you walked in you really (laughs) must love your dream to go that hard for it you know it's true i must be crazy no but but i think that that's like what you have to do as i mean especially as a four but as anyone it's like you got i I know for me i have to go for every thing that i feel like i am supposed to do do you feel that like if i feel like i'm supposed to do it i feel like i have to go do it yeah i know i yeah i always feel like if there's like there's a reason that that is like that that idea or that something has like sprouted in my mind and i'm like doing myself a disservice if i don't like chase it completely even if i don't think it's gonna end anywhere (laughs) i know i'm like i wish i just woke up and just was like so stoked with like a great job just a great life and you know i don't know just not having to keep climbing (laughs) yeah i i like i always say that i wish i wanted to do something else or i was good at something else like i really like wish that i like was an accountant or something that had like a very like i could go to school study that and get a job in that and that was how I was going to do it. But this is like being in the music industry, there is no one path to wherever you want to go. And it's it's very stressful. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you left Sydney. So what do you think is better being, <laughs> being and I feel like I kind of sidetracked you. I mm-hmm. do that often. I'm sorry. Let's go back to like your parents were in a band. Mm-hmm. You didn't, you started finding country music. No one really sung in Sydney. But then moving here, let's kind of go. I want to kind of go back to like, what do you do you feel is the better payoff? You know, because if you're measuring success, success is like being happy on the inside. Yeah. So what do you like more? Well, I mean, that was the thing. I was like, I don't want to try to establish myself somewhere like in Sydney, where if I my ultimate goal was always to be in Nashville and write songs. That's I never even wanted to be an artist, really. I just wanted to write songs because I'm kind of uh, introverted and I don't really like being the center of attention, which is not usually the markings of someone who wants to be an artist. <laughs> um, but my dream was always to move to Nashville and write songs. And I was always, that was always kind of in the back of my mind. So I was like, there's no point me establishing myself here because as soon as you move to the United States, it's kind of like you start from, from square one again. Right. Whereas if you do it the other way around and you establish yourself in the United States, I could go back home and be, have like. Carry that success with you. Yeah. That's like kind of like, I mean, that's just like with how big the US is and what, how much power it has, especially in the entertainment industry. Um, So I was kind of always very of the mindset of, no, I'm going straight into the ocean. I'm not even attempting to swim in a small pond and. I don't know if that was good. I mean, I feel like, yeah, I have benefited a lot from that decision. I mean, I feel like I totally grew up. Mm. I was like very codependent on a lot of things. You had a twin sister. You had a twin sister. Yeah. 
She's, I mean, and y'all love each other, right? Yeah, obsessed with each other. So I went down your rabbit hole and stalked your page, and then I hopped <laughs> over to Desiree's page mm-hmm. and stalked her <laughs> page. I was like, she posted this birthday video of you guys like in your little dresses jumping on a trampoline, and I'm like, you gotta get back to Desiree. I know. <gasps> what? Where? Oh, my heart hurts. Yeah, this is the first year she hasn't come to Nashville. Ugh. She's come every year and stays for about a month since I moved here. Was that just like gut-wrenching to leave? The thing is, with how I left, I didn't really have a lot of time to process it. It was a very mm. quick... I, I've thought about this recently, actually. I feel like I never really... It's not even like I ever said goodbye to Sydney, because I didn't think that when I left... You thought you'd be just right back. Yeah. I didn't think that I would be here for the next... This is going to be my eighth year. And like I've been, been here almost 10 years, and I didn't know when I moved, when I made the first fly over here that this was going to be my permanent place. Mm. So I don't think I really got to process the actual like leaving Sydney and um, everyone. But yeah, it sucks. But yeah, my um, sister Des, she's two minutes older than me. And that doesn't seem like a very long amount of time. She was always like kind of my big sister. Like she would do everything for me. Like I never made friends on my own. She made all my friends. And then I was like, you know, you're friends with me by default. <laughs> and like any job that I had, she worked there and got me a job. So I do feel like I was very codependent. And when I moved to Nashville, it was like, oh my God, I have to like do everything on my own. How was that? That's a huge shift. It was because literally it's like your twin. You've been, I mean, codependent with her yeah. for your whole life. Yeah. You didn't know any different. It was it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, here you are. I know. And then I'm like, this is what everyone else feels like. Not just like without your twin, mm-hmm. without your parents, without your country. Yeah. I mean, whoa, you're stripped. And I didn't have, I didn't really know anyone when I moved here. How do you have that much balls? I honestly have no idea. And I was so, I have like diary entries. I always keep, I'm, I don't know if you'll put the same way if you're any grand oh, oh, Right behind there, there's a whole <laughs> row of diaries. Are you like terrified of like forgetting things? I'm like, I get terrified of forgetting anything that might be significant looking back on. But. Oh no, because I forget literally everything. <laughs> um, but I like read through diaries when I first moved to Nashville and it's very much like I am not staying here. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know what, what was the thing that kept me staying here at the start when it was what do you think it is just like one more opportunity show up like maybe right when it was going to be time to leave something came to make you keep staying yeah yeah like I never considered myself to be a particularly resilient person I think that's just because Enneagram 4 like I feel like every any any minor inconvenience or anything that like upsets me feels so huge and like I Mm -hmm. can't rise above it that I just never consider myself to be a resilient person I totally get that but now I do consider myself a resilient person because I was like because you've just actually done some really hard things yeah <laughs> and I'm like I don't know like sometimes I look back at that version of me when I was 25 when I moved here and I'm like I don't like I don't know how that version of me came to life but it did I guess mm. at some point and a bunch of different things had to happen for, for me to meet that version of me and now like I can't I'm not gonna stop crying cry. <laughs> I, love, I love to cry I'll cry with you I'm always ready to cry let <laughs> it out let it flow out <laughs> but yeah and it's like crazy because I I always think about it now and I'm like 
Wow, I hope everyone gets a chance to like completely go out of their comfort zone. So they can to, bloom. To, so they can like meet that version of them that they didn't know existed. Mm, okay, that's really good stuff, Nikita. <laughs> I wrote a full song about it. What's it called? <laughs> Own Roses. Oh. It was on my first album. But um, I wrote that when I was in a really bad, bad place. I remember sitting at the piano and like bawling my eyes out writing this song just it's pretty much like the like the idea of it is like I grew my own roses. It wasn't easy at the start, but like it, it started with that I got the garden I deserved, but I didn't. I had to go through all this shit. Sorry if I'm all this. Oh way. yeah, cuss it up. <laughs> I'm Australian. Yes, I'm Australian drop time. it like it's hot. <laughs> um, just kind of about like that exact thing. I guess it's like I never would have grown into the me now if it wasn't for all this bad stuff. Um, but yeah, I wrote this in like a terrible terrible place and then I ended up putting it on my first album and now it's like one of my I think it's my second most streamed song and Mm. I people reach out to me all the time telling me like oh my god I needed this to hear this song like I've just started over like I've gone through a divorce or like I'm just like building this new life for myself and it's really challenging but I'm hoping it's gonna all be worth it in the end and I'm like ah that's like the exact reason why we do that, that I'm like, okay, I don't mind that I was in that place crying on my piano if it can end up helping somebody, I guess. <laughs> you know what I see in your eyes? What? You've stayed pure. Like you've probably lived a lot of life and I'm sure some <coughs> fucked up shit's gone down in the middle of it, but you have stayed pure in your heart. Like your heart continues to be broken and get broken and feel deeply because you haven't let it get calloused up and all hardened up and armored up and it's still wide open. Yeah, I know. Sometimes that's not <laughs> sometimes that's not a good thing. But I know. It's good for making art. It's bad for sometimes existing in the world every day. I feel that. Because you feel like an open uh an open wound. Yeah. Literally. It does feel like that, like Which is a beautiful gift because then you make beautiful art and that's why i think a lot of people like that are artists in some way mm-hmm. because you have to process and express how you're feeling yeah because it's so much <laughs> yeah i can't imagine where i would put this if i hadn't found music early on because mm-hmm. i know that even my mom always tells me she's like you always like the big like i would be the one out of the kids that would have big tantrums and stuff like that she's like i think you always just had very big feelings yeah and I think that I, yeah, and I agree. I don't think I've ever completely learned how to manage my feelings, but through art, it seems like either. a little bit manageable. <laughs> I have done everything you can do. Mm-hmm. I've done all the therapy. I've read all the books. Yeah. I've done retreats. I've literally like started a freaking podcast mm-hmm. so I could talk to people and get in their brains yeah. and understand how to be happy and figure it out. And I know all this stuff and I've learned all these things and I know all these tools and I know about like frequency and vibration and manifesting and all that. And I still can't get a hold of myself. Okay. That makes me feel like (laughs) kind of better and also kind of worse (laughs) because I haven't really done a lot of work and I know I need to. Like I, I'm like that person that when I'm going through a really bad time, I'm like, okay, this, I need to go to therapy. I need to do, I need to get into a routine of meditation or something, but then eventually that that mood that I'm in goes back to normal and I'm really happy and I'm like oh I'm fine mm-hmm. but then it comes around again yeah so I've just never taken any steps to do anything well you probably have by writing these songs you've probably That's done more true. than you think yeah honestly you really have like you've probably processed more than you think yeah 
I know. I just think that I do need therapy at some point. Yeah, everybody does. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think. Every yeah. every single person can Use it. benefit from therapy. Mm-hmm. But then you can get too much therapy. Oh, yeah. You can get addicted <laughs> to therapy and then get addicted to analyzing yourself. And so there's a happy medium. Yeah. With everything. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Did somebody really break your heart? Because you got a lot of sad love songs. I know. I have a lot of sad love songs. Um, <laughs> to be honest, I always like felt... I don't know how to describe it about sounding like a bitch. Um, I always felt like I was like the person that always broke other people's hearts. Because again, with like the big feelings, and then I, I always felt like I needed to feel more. I don't know if you've ever felt like that as well. Like the, because you felt like that, you felt like love had to feel really, really, really huge. Mm-hmm. So anything that didn't feel like that felt like nah. Yes. But um, then there was just like a like there was this guy that I I love talking about this because I sound like an if he ever heard it he would be like she's an absolute psychopath <laughs> but we had like the this summer together and this was like the first time I think I was ever like okay this is what falling in love feels like like oh. this is exactly it and then he just like out of the blue like um called me and was just like I don't want to see you again and it was literally like no reason no explanation explanation it was just that it was like three months of just like a perfect summer like perfect. Have, have you seen Grease the movie Grease <laughs> yes. so you're like Sandy and Danny <laughs> yeah like y'all had this perfect summer mm-hmm. and then it was over yeah and then he comes back and he's a totally different guy yeah but then it works out obviously hey girlfriends it's me Carol Fisher I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of the girlfriends in season one we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend Bob At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together. We'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. But you had that moment. Hey, you know what, though? Okay, another question for you. <laughs> okay. I like to play this trivia mm-hmm. with you. Some people never allow themselves to have that moment mm-hmm. of just like absolute passionate falling in truest, deepest, madliest love. Okay, so you had it, and then it was completely yanked, but you had it. Is it better to have allowed yourself to have it, or would you have rather never had that feeling at all? No, for sure. I, I'm i definitely also in that like that mindset where I want to feel... If there's like a type of emotion, like I want to be able to... I know there's some really, really dark, bad ones that I probably don't want, but... Let's put a boundary on it. You want to feel... Um, you don't want to, you want to feel like within a spectrum of like happy above the darkness yeah. emotions. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be able to have like access to them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah to yeah, be yeah. like, I know what that feels like. I get that. I totally get that. And that's so effed up. I know. I feel that too. <laughs> like when I go through something really painful and I get to the other side, I'm like, that was a good thing to learn how to feel. Yeah. But like what? Yeah. But I'm scared. I don't want to say that because I don't want it to go too far. Like no. there's only a limit that I'm like, okay, oh. I'm okay that I, ha- I felt that. But I, there is a limit for me. Yeah. Because there's like other things that like um, that I can't. Like there's when I sometimes I hear stories from other people or things that other people have gone through. And I was like, I would never made it through that. Right. Right. But I guess you don't know until you are forced to. I know. Dear God, please don't let us go through anything. No. We're saying this, but we don't mean it. No. <laughs> oh my God, I love that you do that. That's, that was my dad. <laughs> my parents were constantly like that. Like it was always cancel that thought. My, cancel. Whenever I would say something like negative, my dad was always cancel, cancel that thought. Cancel, cancel that thought. Did it work? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I well, because so. like what you give life to goes away. So it's like, goes up in the, it's like, oh my God. Okay. I don't mean that. I don't mean that. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was a fun thought. Tried it out. Yeah. Taking it back. Yeah. Don't want it. We only want to feel the good things now. Yes. Yes. I felt enough. My mm-hmm. um, arsenal of feelings has been grown <laughs> plentiful. We're good. And now I can just like, I can understand what other people are going through, but I don't need to live it. No. <laughs> I can be there in support. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. From sidelines. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. So what happened after you got your heart broke? Um, that was that I, in Australia? Mm-hmm. Did that help push you to move? No. Then I like fell in love again. And then I had a very long-term relationship. It was like five years. And then that... Do you have good feelings about that relationship? Yes. Okay. I feel like it was essential for me to have. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Essential in the building of you. mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was also essential for me to go to Nashville and realize that maybe that relationship wasn't 
serving me any longer. So Nashville is what made you break up. Yeah. Oh, okay. Which I think that there was like, now when I look back on it, there was like a couple of red flags and things that like we moved in together and then that was the worst our relationship ever was. Oh, and so we then moved you realized, in after like five years and I was like, oh. This is not going to work. Yeah. yeah. Living together is a whole nother ball yeah. of worms. So with my like current partner, we definitely moved in when we started dating like try it out Make pretty sure early it on it was like a year into dating i was like and that was intentional yeah and oh. then we're like perfect um perfect roommates together we're both messy <laughs> <laughs> nice. i'm very messy you are yeah <clears throat> i'm not no <laughs> messy in some areas of my life but I don't know. I feel like maybe it's like a trying to get a handle, a grip on my feelings. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if I can have my house in order, like I want to know what's in every drawer. Like I want to know where, I'm not saying it's perfectly yeah, in yeah. a spot, but like I go through periodically and like organize everything. Oh, I wish I was like that. I have like but no it's not because organizational. I, but it's it's trying to control yeah. my feelings. Like trying to get something in order. That's true. You know, because like if I have my messy house mm-hmm. and I have a messy feelings and I live in this messy world, I'm like, I'm in just chaos. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. And I feel like definitely when I'm in a bad mental state, the fact that I have a messy room and everything else, that definitely doesn't make me feel better. <laughs> but I just like, it's not... Like, sometimes I don't even know that I'm leaving stuff everywhere or I don't know where anything is. Really? Yeah. What is that? Like, I how do you not know? I was like... Where is your mind? I do think that I have some ADD. Yeah. And I know that... Well, I don't know that. I've never been actually diagnosed as that. But, like, there's, like, random um, symptoms, especially for women, because it's too, totally different. Things like you uh, just don't close drawers. And that's, like, my, <laughs> my thing. Like, I'll walk into a room and I'll just have cabinet and I'll have left everything open. Interesting. And I don't even like have, like remember, I'm like, oh, I don't know why so I didn't like close it. like black out? I don't know. It's just like. Are you just like so lost in a about, thought? Yeah, I think that's what it is. Like when you get so lost in a thought, like the other thoughts just go away. Mm-hmm. I like have like a wheel turning all the time. And like every thought that I feel like is important, if I will get it when I realize it's an important thought, then it's a note in my phone immediately. Mm-hmm. And I have like this list and then I have this OCD, it's not OCD, <laughs> but then I'll check that list periodically to make sure I'm holding on to those really important thoughts. That's stressful. Yeah. That's not cool to do that. Like I need to not, but I mean, I'm so worried I'm going to drop some sort of ball. Yeah. I know. Do you just know it's going to work out? Do you keep lists? Are you OCD like that? I'm definitely like a to-do list type person. I'm also like <clears throat> freakishly early and like a really, I'm I'm really paranoid about, I'm like, I get really paranoid about being late or well, forgetting something. That's like, good that you work with Bobby Bones then. <laughs> I know. Because he is probably really appreciates that. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. But um, what were we just talking about? The Writing stuff down to-do yeah. lists. Yes. I feel like I do do that. I am, but then I am just kind of a bit chaotic and then. Even if I write lists, I usually have left something off that then I'll freak out about. Life is such a funny thing. It's so wild. Just humans. I love like human, little human brains. And we're just all working it out here together with all these completely different brains. I know. It's amazing that we have order. 100%. Or amazing that we are able to like foster relationships with people that don't see the world the same way that we do and have agreed on some sort of moral code ish that everyone is like decently 
obeying. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Like there is some sort of thread that runs through humans that I guess we have an inner compass that says, okay, at least these things, these are the guidelines. Yeah. It's interesting. But I do, I do think that I am optimistic by nature and I do always have this kind of air about me that's always like everything will work out. Mm. It might not feel like it, but everything's going to work out the way it's supposed to. I try not to be too controlling of how (laughs) when I feel like I need to try and control things. Mm -hmm. Like I need to be doing this in my career or this in my career for like everything to work out the way that I think it's supposed to. I've tried to get better at just kind of throwing my hands up and being like, it's all going to work out. I get that. might not look how you want it to look, but it will work out. Do you think you know that because you've tried to make things work out the way you wanted them to go for a while and then you realize like you can't force destiny Mm -hmm. or have you just always had that? Because I feel like I am the same and I've always known that, but I've also tried to force things in the past and they didn't go. So it's like now I have a feeling. Like I know when I'm pushing and I know when I'm flowing. Yeah. And I think it's also just like, when you start realizing what's important and you want to be happy and in order for me to be happy, I have to like think that everything's going to work. You know what I mean? Like I have to kind of take myself out of the equation and not be forcing anything in my life. You have to believe that it's ultimately good instead of ultimately bad. Yes. Because if you believe that life is ultimately bad, then, oh, that's a dark place to live. Yeah. And honestly, there's probably people who do think that and they probably live in a dark world. If you believe that like life is not going to have a ultimate good payoff mm-hmm. somehow, yeah. if there's not able to be some sort of redemption to things. Like if you don't believe in that, that's probably a really heavy way to live because I feel the same way. Yeah. <clears throat> I have to believe it's going to be good. Yeah. So even like when stuff's falling apart or things aren't working out the way that I planned on them. I have to be like, no, this is going to lead you somewhere that's ultimately going to serve you better than wherever you wanted to put yourself. And you know what else I think? Mm. I think being able to start a completely different life, like you've done moving from Australia to to Nashville. I've done that too in my own ways mm-hmm. with like moving here from Texas and like throwing myself into this industry. And mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. I know... I could start a new life somewhere else if I had to. Yeah. Do you, you know, it's like, and I know that there's a million different ways to live life. And that like, I think some people get so stuck and like, this is the only way you can live. This is the only way you can be happy. This is the only thing I know. If this doesn't work out, my life is going to fall apart. Yeah. But when you've actually like totally uprooted and, and like ripped your life apart in, on your own, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, you know that you can build it again and survive and that there's other ways to live and be happy. Yeah. And that there will be even blessings yeah. by doing that. And I think that's as well, like, when you are focusing on, like, knowing that it's such a, like, internal thing, like, happiness. I have to remind myself that I've started doing this practice recently, especially when I just felt like nothing was happening, happening career-wise and all that kind of stuff. And I had to, like, start this practice when I was like, okay, picture, like, in your mind moments in life when you were truly happy Mm. and see how many of them had to do with success or, like, other people thinking that you were good at what you did. That's a good thing to journal. For anyone listening, if you're wondering, <laughs> if you're in a rut, 
Start going back in your memory and think about things that have made you truly happy and then make a note in your phone and write it down. So what are some of the things that have brought you like true joy? There was, I mean, lots of it has to do with just being around people that I love. Like I have this memory of being back home for Christmas and I was with my nephew and my parents, and my sisters, and we're all in a pool and we're all just laughing about something. I can't even actually remember what it was, but I just remember like looking around at all like this, these people that I love and being in that, being so in the present moment that I wasn't thinking about anything else. Because in that moment, you all knew each other fully, mm-hmm. loved each other fully, accepted each other fully. We're enjoying something fun together with people that you fully were yourself with. Like, yeah. I think that's really magical to be able to just be you with people you love and like take a break from the stress of life and enjoy a moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, collectively. Yeah, and even like the moments when I can picture myself being happy that are music related, they don't have anything to do with like a, anything that I would classify as an accomplishment. Mm. It was always about a feeling. Mm. It was like, I don't know, I remember playing this gig. It was right after COVID and I played... Uh, this gig in Clearwater um, and there wasn't that many people there it's not like it was like <laughs> it was this like amazing room and everyone was really attentive and it was, I actually played that song Own Roses and I was like on stage is the only time it's ever happened to me and I just like start bawling oh, in the middle so awesome in the middle of singing that I can't even finish the song you felt it so hard because the people were feeling it in the audience yeah. so hard and I think I was looking at everyone especially after a whole year of not being able to connect in that way and everyone needed it yeah and it was just like that's like this like certain moments like that where it's like you felt the connection yeah and I just was so in the moment where you feel like this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing in life and that's when I also realized that that feeling is going to be the same no matter what stage I'm on. Mm. And then that made me kind of relax a little bit. It was like, I don't need to be on a stage for like 100,000 people, like a stadium of people. Um, I can be in like a, I can sing in like a little wine bar for mm. a handful of people. And I'll, as long as I'm in tune to that feeling, that feeling is going to be the same no matter what. Honestly, though, Playing for a stadium full of people. Maybe like if you're the Rolling Stones and like the people, which I mean, I guess is what you're saying because you've built it up so much that that many people Mm -hmm. are obsessed with you. Yeah. But like thinking about it, I mean, that is a huge energy swell of people. Yeah. Um, The key though is playing for the, like you wouldn't, it's even not even like, say you're on a big tour opening for someone Mm -hmm. and they didn't know, a lot of the audience didn't know who you are. It's like really the energy coming at you. Yeah. Because it's like you would rather be in a wine bar full of people who energetically are like connecting with your music, who are feeling it, who it's like, you know, you feel that energy in the room than a crowd of people with all sorts of mixed energy. And maybe it's not all there because like you're on a, I'm just thinking like if yeah, you're on yeah. a tour or something, it's like, I don't know. I feel like honestly, the that's, connection is so much better. Yeah. Maybe it's not about the size. Maybe that is what it is. Maybe it's the energy and maybe I don't know what it's like to have a bunch of people. Because <laughs> I was thinking like, the only thing I've ever seen is from opening positions because my husband's in a thousand horses and mm-hmm. like he's open for some of the, like just like you have probably some of the biggest stages with the biggest people, but like people love them. But if they don't know them yet mm-hmm. and they're not there for them, you don't have that focused all that focus yeah. energy that you would say if you were like the Rolling Stones because yeah. then everybody 
is there focus yes. so that's a different feeling mm-hmm. but i think that like really what everyone's chasing is that feeling you're talking about is being with people who are just like totally in the zone with you yeah or that you're so in the zone that you don't even notice yeah how anyone else is feeling <laughs> yeah it's all about a feeling yeah everyone's just chasing feeling whether they know it or not mm-hmm that's, Even if people are just chasing money because they feel like they need it to be financially secure, success mm-hmm. or whatever, you're chasing that because you want to feel safe. Yeah. You know, like you're feeling like it's the feeling of, yeah, being, yeah, safe, safe. I guess is the exact. You want to be safe. I mean, I feel like is it now I'm feeling like every feeling we ever chase is just wanting to feel safe. If this is going back to like our mm-hmm. like caveman yeah. days. I think it's wanting to feel safe and it's mm-hmm. wanting to feel seen. Yeah. You know, I think people want to feel safe and seen. Yeah. And that's probably the only two things that people really want. And then everything else is like. And think about all the bad things that happen, like people hurting other people, even like, you know, killing people or even wars or affairs or whatever. It's because people will have bad energy in some of those. But like <laughs> if they want to be seen, they want someone to see them and mm-hmm. they want to be known. And it's just like. I feel like everyone does everything because they want to either they've it's gotten out of control with their ego and they want to be seen. And Mm -hmm. so then I feel like that's when the negative stuff happens, but, or they're feeling like they are not being seen and respected and they try to go find it. Yeah. That makes sense. I like to ramble. I'm totally a freaking weirdo in case you didn't realize. (laughs) No, I love it. I love having, I mean, you probably feel the same way being Enneagram 4, but like surface level conversations I imagine are like your worst nightmare. I can't do it. <laughs> it's gotten worse since COVID. Yeah. Like literally I used, I used to be able to like put on a different front and like go out there and turn it on and like work a room and say hello and stay up in this energy where I could like chit chat and talk mm-hmm. and have small talk. COVID hit, I had a kid, kind of like went in, mm-hmm. started working on a lot more stuff internally and I'm like, Whew, can't do it anymore I, I can't do it anymore and yeah you probably like know this industry doing that like having to go to the industry events and talk to everybody like nightmares yeah. absolute nightmares but yeah it definitely got worse after covid yeah then we got out of practice yes and, and then I we're like get back in no i still haven't been able to get back in i have something tonight and i'm already like oh <laughs> can i not go yeah. <laughs> what's my reason can i, I go weigh me odds okay do you do you feel like you need to go tonight yeah Okay, then you're going to do great. Yeah. It's going to be worth it. And you're going to have great conversations, <laughs> wonderful conversations with very interesting people. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be so glad you went. I know. I just have to stay away from the bar. I feel like that's always a crutch mm. for me yeah. at least. So, Yeah, I just Michael and I just gave up drinking a year and a half ago. Yeah, I feel like that's something that I've definitely toyed with the idea of because mm-hmm. I definitely use it for like my anxiety. Totally. I get that. You're very normal. <laughs> <laughs> I think it also comes from being quite introverted. And it's like I feel like awkward. I mean, I kind of do in social settings that I'm like, this is going to make me more fun. Right. And then it's like, that's not a good reason to do this. Right. To try and alter your. <laughs> I know. Like how you are naturally. But it's hard to. It's hard to be natural. Yeah, I know. <laughs> in any sense of the word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know? Yeah. And that's the funny thing. It's like when we talk about that, we all just want to be seen, but then we also change everything about ourselves yeah. and alter ourselves in all different ways. Yeah. And we're just trying to figure out who, what version we want to be seen. Cause mm-hmm. like, I know I've tried on a different, I try on a different personality every day. <laughs> I do. Yeah. And yeah, that's the thing. It's all, or it's also like how we want to be seen to, 
how we think other people want to see us. Mm-hmm. <gasps> right. I did that for a long time. Mm-hmm. Tried to be the version I thought everybody wanted. Yeah. That's exhausting. Yeah. That'll wear you out. Right, what star sign are you? Uh, is that like like astrology? Yeah. Leo? Oh, I do love Leo. My mom's Leo. <laughs> oh, I feel like I was a... I feel like I was a roaring Leo mm-hmm. in all of my 20s and 30s, but I'd always kind of worked on like healing myself. And now like I'm approaching 40, I'm 39. I'm like, Ooh, I'm changing. Like I'm like, I'm like getting like, I'm, I'm entering into the elder field of the Leos. I'm not there <laughs> on the front lines anymore. I'm tired <laughs> of roaring. Yeah. Um, yeah, my, what are you? Scorpio. Oh, y'all are spicy. And I think that has like, when, I do think I'm quite good at staying true to who I am. Um, like, kind of have that energy of like, if you don't like me, then it's fine. Yeah, I don't care. But I, but then I do also you really not care, or do you care if people don't like you? I feel like I think it depends on the person. I get that, and I also think it depends on like a situation. Like, I feel like I'm very. It's very hard to offend me. Mm. I'm not going to get mm. offended over like anything, but I just like people to be upfront. Even if okay. people like don't like what I do, I prefer someone to be like, eh, it's not my cup of tea. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave. And then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s She looked like a million bucks. with zero qualifications She had a Harvard plaque 
tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What if someone you really, <laughs> like, care, like, really want their approval of comes up to you and says, Nikita... You're not my cup of tea. That's that's, like, that's gonna burn a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> but you gotta go. Okay. Yeah, but then I also like want to. But then I'm also in the mindset of that I think that we should be constantly trying to improve ourselves. Like I, I don't think it's like that thing. Like take me or leave me. This is how I am. Like I'm not changing. It's like no. There's parts of me that definitely need some adjusting. Like need. Like I'm not perfect, and there's like not true, of- <laughs> not true. You are perfect. <laughs> like you know, what I mean, like I definitely I want to continue to be better mm-hmm. as the years pass. So I definitely would welcome constructive criticism and would want to change parts of myself. But you know what's great though, if like being the true artist that you are and making art from your truest place in that moment that you're in, it really kind of gives you protection from what people say because if you gave it everything that you had and you tapped into what was flowing out of you and got it expressed as best as you could, Mm -hmm. then that's the art that was supposed to be made. So, you know, like if someone, and I feel like I've really gotten more certain in that as the older I get Mm -hmm. because it's so easy to chase things and like try to follow a trend or try to be like this person because they're having success or whatever. But really, all the people that are starting the trends and having the success are the ones that are able to tap in to the true art that's coming out of them, whether other people like it or not. And I feel like you do a really good job of that. So it kind of like does give you that protection against like what other people say because it's like, no, I listened to my art and I did what my art told me to do. I know. know? I do think that I feel like I've been in a a bit of like a negative uh, spiral of the last, (laughs) I don't even know how long it's been. It's been a minute. Um, But I've definitely been that mindset of like, I don't think that anyone thinks that I'm good at what I do. I think you're good at what you do. Thank you. But But then it does give me some comfort because I'm like but I can't do this like I don't know how to do it make music or do what I do any other way right so what are you gonna just do something different that you think people will like more but you can't you just gotta do stay it? on the path yeah you do because sometimes the path is fucking brutal and long and hard and feels like you're beating your head against a wall mm-hmm. and then you're someone who's like you who's really great and talented and beautiful and has this gift and you're making this great art and you're just like but i know i'm supposed to be doing this and like it's happening but like i know i feel you feel it you feel what your expansiveness is supposed to be mm-hmm. You just got to stay the path. I know. I know that's, it's like the worst. Um, and when you were like, I know you mentioned before about like manifestation and things like that. And I try and remind myself that because I have this like 
a very clear memory of being, I don't know how old, maybe like 16 or something and playing my guitar and sitting outside and being like, I am like picturing myself like somehow by some miracle ending up in Nashville and playing music and doing music there. And I, and then somehow like different things in life happened and I ended up here and I've been doing this now. And so I try and remind myself like of the power I had then that I'm like, you can do that again. Because if you really want something, really want something, like if it's burning a hole in your heart, you want it so bad, you're going to get it. Yeah. Like it's going to happen in some way because when you're that upset, because I think about the things I have wanted with everything I've had in me Mm -hmm. and they like from moving to Nashville and like getting a chance to like perform and Mm -hmm. do music and be on big stages and tv and that kind of stuff like i wanted that and then i really wanted to have a kid Mm -hmm. and that and like the people i know that really wanted to have a kid like whether you end up adopting or a million different ways it's like if you really really want it if you really want to be an artist like Mm -hmm. you're gonna do it and it's going to happen and i remember talking to rod essig who is the head of caa i don't think he is anymore but he might be which is a big uh, agent mm-hmm. booking company. And he was like, if you are talented and good and you continue to work hard, you will have success. Like it will pan out. And mm-hmm. I just do believe that. And yeah. like sometimes it happens in the strangest ways. Yeah. You I, have your Chris Stapleton moment with Justin Timberlake after he's like written every song for country music and is the greatest singer that ever <laughs> lived, but yet could not be heard. Yeah. Like it happens. It just happens. Yeah. It has to happen. Yeah, and you can't try and like predict how or when. Yeah, I'll be like, this is how this it happened for this person. So It'll I never have to try happen. and do that. It's like, no. That will never way. happen again. No. The way it happened for some person will never happen for someone else. No. Or even like if you had tried to put yourself in that exact scenario, it still wouldn't have. The reason they got in that scenario is because they listened to their instinct mm-hmm. and they trusted their art and they followed it. Yeah even when they didn't want to. But that's the only way you get in those scenarios. I know. I've studied it. I've literally, this mm-hmm. podcast was born because of it. Mm-hmm. Like, it is the only way you end in those, end up in those scenarios is by never giving up on your freaking hard-ass dream that is going to beat you into the ground. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, stay in the course with it. And it's so hard. It sucks a lot of the time. But yeah. then it breaks through mm-hmm. somehow. Yeah. I know. And then it's like also like kind of it feels like a double edged sword sometimes when you're also like wanting to protect your peace and right. be like the most important thing is to be happy. And this isn't making me happy. <laughs> so do I just not do this? But then if you don't do it, it yeah. haunts you. Yeah. And then you're not happy either. So exactly. it's like. So you're cr- it's like I don't want to say that. But it's like what? <laughs> yeah. L- lift. Give me freedom <laughs> from this. Yeah. It's it's a tricky choice. And maybe it just. But it's not even a choice. No, that's, that's the thing. It's like literally not a choice. No. That's why I'm like, it would be so awesome to be one of those people who is so cool with like going for a solid, awesome life. Yeah. Without, without a lot of highs and lows. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you're going to have enough in life anyway. Yeah. But like without adding the career high and low thing. Yeah. No, like why why can't I be a, an accountant? But I'm sure accountants really struggle being accountants. Yeah. You know? Or like just like linking I don't know, I feel like it's in this industry we link our careers so much to like 
it's so important for like our happiness or like our worth of self, even though like I'm like, is that every for everyone else? Like, is that job that important? Because some people just bury it deep down inside. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know, Nikita. I think you're amazing. <laughs> um, okay, hold on. We got to pause because someone's at my door. Just a second. And we're back. Hello. So Michael was mowing the lawn the other day and the lawnmower hit a rock and bro- it's a double pane glass, but it broke one of the pane glasses. So oh. the so glass fun. got delivered. It is. <laughs> so fun. Um, anyway, sorry I took you down the rabbit hole, Nikita, but you're just so <laughs> amazing. You're so thoughtful. Your music is great. Paradise Island, your album that's out. It's so beautiful and like i can't imagine how that feels to pour your whole heart into this body of work like and literally like visually all your pictures and your like videos behind it and just like the lyrics it's so beautiful and it's so expressed like it feels so i feel like it's really like you expressed what you wanted to express it feels so good and feels so real yeah it does it i always say that about this um this album that definitely like feels like what the inside of my brain and it looks like that as well like it's everything what a beautiful place to live <laughs> sometimes <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah it's very lots of the stories are like a bit exaggerated i i can be like somewhat dramatic about all my feelings so it just made sense to kind of add to the drama of that and that's why i want visually make it look the way it yeah. feels inside so i want it to be super like cinematic and my brother-in-law is like an amazing cinematographer so he shot all the amazing videos when I was back in Sydney um and yeah it's but then it's also really weird it's a really strange feeling releasing an album that you put so much into it almost like feels after the fact I think that's why I'm having like a hard time this year because you release it into the world and then I don't know then you're like what do I do now Mm hmm it's like almost like i remember like the day it came out the the morning it came out i woke up and i was sitting in bed and i was like i feel so sad and i was like why do i feel like so empty about just like releasing something that i like have poured my heart maybe that maybe that's it maybe you pour so much into it and then maybe because it was just yours yeah you know it was just yours it was all of you in wrapped up in this beautiful work of art and it really belonged to you. Mm-hmm. And then you let it go and now it's everyone's. Yeah. And you don't, you can't hold it close like that anymore. You yeah. can still hold it. It's still yours, but like you can't like hug it yeah. like you used to be able to. Yeah, I know. So it's like, it's a really weird feeling because it's like equal parts of like, I'm really proud and happy now that this like something that didn't exist in the world now exists and other people get to take it and add it to their lives and, that's a cool way of looking at it. Something that didn't exist now exists. You made something out of nothing. I think about that all the time. And I think about like what we're doing right now. We're Yeah, like we're deciding that this conversation yeah. is going to have some valuable stuff in yeah. it. And like... And we're going to like really get into some stuff that's going to be good for people to hear. Yeah. And yeah. we're creating something then that's going out in the world that didn't exist prior to us meeting here. Yeah. Just by combining energies and yeah. like putting it together and making it deciding to make it yeah that's amazing that's really amazing you should be proud thank you and i love that you're a feeler yes i mean (laughs) i love it because i get it i mean i I hate it for you but then i also love it for you because it is powerful yeah and it is like beautiful when 
I, I do think it is beautiful to be able to feel everything right a lot it is it's also awful yeah <laughs> but yes i know but yes but back to the beautiful part it's beautiful that you're able to feel your way into making this amazing album paradise island Thank I you. love the whole title of it, the whole thing. <laughs> I want to move to Paradise Island. <laughs> I know it is. Um, I yeah. Um, that's kind of also. I feel like I escaped to that place when I made the album, and it was really important for me to have. I don't know. I feel like I felt like a little bit lost, especially after COVID and everything else that happened. And it was really, I needed somewhere to escape and. Why can't you make your own too. reality? Yeah. Like, why do we have to live in this reality that's been made for us? I know. Like someone made this reality. Mm-hmm. Why can't you make Paradise Island reality? Yeah. You did. <laughs> you made it. Yeah. And anyone can go by listening. It's true. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I'm really happy and I like saying that. I'm like, I'm really happy after I was just like, I was so sad. <laughs> I, really I know. We feel crazy. Yeah. It's fine. Don't worry. I think you're totally on track. I'm definitely in a better mood today. I think this helps. Maybe I don't you have... You kind of look like Shania Twain, too. Do I? Julianne Huff, Shania <laughs> Twain. Sorry. Um, I've never gotten Shania Twain before. I always... I love doppelgangers so much that I, like, love if anyone told me I look like somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I also have an identical twin sister, so it's like, usually it was... We just looked like each other. Yeah. Oh, Desiree. Man. <laughs> I love that you know her. I just love y'all's bond. I'm literally, like... Are you going to get back to her? I need you to. Yes. One day. Christmas. I'll okay. be back. Okay. But this is going to be the longest we've ever spent apart. It was good for y'all to have a break. You, I think that was a good decision, mm-hmm. obviously. But how sweet and special that you have mm-hmm. that bond. You know, that real, honest, like, that's amazing. Yeah. Truest, connected bond you could ever have. Yeah. I do think when we talk about being safe and seen, that sets you up very early on in life to have always felt that mm-hmm. that I think that that sometimes I feel bad for people that don't have twins most of us yeah I know <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> it's fine appreciate it we're fine over here we're just you know never gonna know the true meaning of safe and seen <laughs> but thank you for that <laughs> I love it hey girlfriends it's me Carol Fisher I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of the girlfriends In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. 
We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together. We'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I've never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So... How'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I always wrap up. Thank you so much for coming on, Nikita. You're amazing. And I'm proud of you for everything that you continue to do, for your bravery, for your commitment to your incredible talent and passion, for all the success you have had, for just like going all in. That's hard to do on every level. And it's all going to be so good for you. It is. And thank you so much for having me. I've never done a podcast in person before. And I must admit, I was kind of nervous because I'm terrible at interviews and sometimes I'm terrible at talking. So, but you make it very easy because you're uh, just a lunatic. (laughs) (laughs) You can just say it. It's fine. (laughs) No, you're like, your energy is very inviting to talk about, like makes me feel like I can talk about anything. You can. You really can. And I'm so glad you feel that. I want to know. I mean, that's what I want. I, I literally genuinely want to know the the history of someone's car life. You know, if we were a car, I want to know where that car has been driven, how it got there, where mm-hmm. it broke down, how it got. I want to know that stuff because life has always just been so overwhelming for me. Mm-hmm. I want to hear how people do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I know, even if we can't like follow that same path, it's still like, okay, I just want to you- know that everyone's on it. Yeah. A hard, I mean, I guess, yeah, I want to know everyone's having a hard time. Because <laughs> I'm having such a hard time. But like, hard time in the sense that it's hard, but it's also wonderful. Yeah. That no one just has this smooth yes. road. And like for people, you can't sit around and be like, oh man, if I just live that person's life. No, because something is going on in that person's life that's really hard. Yeah. And everyone has something. Yeah. You just need, they just need to tell us so we feel like. Yes. So then we all can like loosen our grip on everything Mm -hmm. and realize, oh, we're all just trying. Yeah, I know. (laughs) That's another thing I try to remind myself that 
even when you look at other people from the outside and be like, oh, they have, like, everything looks amazing for them. It's like, no, I'm sure it's not. <laughs> well, like, people can post pictures. Say someone can be, like, happily married with a great house and it seems like a great career or whatever. But, like, what if inside, like, they are struggling with an illness or their parent is dying or they actually have, like, a really toxic trait that they mm-hmm. haven't worked on, like, or an anger issue or, you know, they've had all sorts of things that have, like, just checkered their past with pain. And it's like, yeah, you see the outside, but, like, that person may look like they have success, but success is so much more than your material things and your money, Mm -hmm. like in your career. That's great if that's all going well, but like there's so many other factors to making a successful life. Yeah, 100%. And I try and be as open as I can on social media as well. Whenever I'm feeling a certain way, I'll be like, I feel like everyone hates me today. And I'll like to say that. And then people will be like, oh, I've been feeling like this. And, And I'm like, I feel like it's really helpful like I love like I remember there was like a trend of it on social media when people would be like sharing like really like a photo from their grid and they're like when in this time in my life I was actually miserable and before this like event I like bored my eyes out but here's a photo of it like perfectly created and I was like this makes me feel really good <laughs> totally yes like I think about that too I actually I'm gonna take this down to a really sad note here at the end um I was thinking about this too like I before we had Sunny I've had multiple miscarriages but like I we were at the BMI awards and that's like a big award show for everyone listening where you get honored for like songs that you wrote Michael had written it was like the year of smoke like their song had gone number one and it was like a just so many things happening and um, I was sitting at the BMI Awards, like literally miscarrying. But there's this picture of us smiling and mm-hmm. he like got an award that night. But I'm like, you know, inside I'm dying. Yeah. And it's like, that's happening to everyone all the time. Mm-hmm. That's you know? crazy. I'm like, first of all, I'm just like, sorry. But... <laughs> I told you I was going to take it down to the bottom yeah, but... at the end. <laughs> it's okay. But it's like so true. It's, that... la- it's everyone has that moment in different ways. Yeah. And that's like a literal, like a physical thing to like put at like to describe that that everyone's like going through something internally yes that you can't see from the outside while you're dressed up yeah looking good even getting an award yeah (laughs) you know that's what i'm saying it's like nobody nobody's got this road that's just smooth Mm -mm. and perfect and so that's why when you meet someone that's why i love talking to people like you and sharing these conversations because i want people to hear who don't have access to dreamers and people who've really gone into follow the yellow brick road you know really tried to like make their dreams come true and had success and on the outside look flashy and amazing Mm -hmm. but it's like i want everyone to know even the people who haven't gone for their dreams who feel like their life isn't measuring up and they're depressed or whatever but everybody is going through it yeah and you're not alone and everyone is just like we're all just trying to do the best we can Mm -hmm. on this life journey And it's so good to share these stories so you don't feel like all these other people are just totally crushing it and here you are left behind in the garbage can. Yeah, (laughs) I know. That's like why even like you being like, I'm bringing it down a notch, saying something sad, but it's like, but there is like some, actually it's like sadness sometimes like telling people about moments like that is like comforting. Yeah. The thought, not not like being like, oh, I feel comforted that you went through yes. something. But it's it's like, not like you're glad that happened no. to that person. It just gives you relief that it's happening to yeah. everyone and not just you. Yeah, It puts like everything kind of in a p- different perspective of like. Yes, like everyone's going to get the shit stick. Yeah. But everyone's also going to get a good stick. Yeah. You know, 
Roast and it's gonna to keep all the sticks. All the sticks, and that's how you build a fucking fire. Yeah, true. <laughs> you know, I mean, except wet sticks. I imagine that's right. Then those kill your fire. Then you gotta go gather more sticks and yeah. start over again. And it's just literally like, what an analogy we just pulled out of our asses. <laughs> This seems like we planned this. We did not. Yeah. We. I also d- definitely did not know how to make a fire. So. I know, right? I know. <laughs> but I just like, I feel like that's my main thing with this podcast. And like, I want people to feel comforted in hearing people's stories who are amazing like you. Like you are so beautiful and so talented and you have so much that people would just long to have down to your twin sister and your beautiful family <laughs> and a supportive partner and you know a beautiful voice and just like a lovely spirit like you know you have a lot of beautiful things about you but you're still struggling you know and it's like i just think that that's important for people to know yeah. that you know everybody has their own battles yeah 100 percent. i especially think with social media we're constantly just seeing people's highlight reels and it's nice to have something like this that can be like Yes, there's wonderful things of life, but uh, also having a really rough fucking time. (laughs) But honestly, thank you for making Paradise Island. It's beautiful. (laughs) It's such an amazing album. It's so, it's just such an experience. Thank you. That's kind of what I wanted. It is. And it's really (laughs) great. And I just want you to keep heart because you are a true amazing artist. And this is the road you followed. You followed the signs that God has given you and the instincts and the nudges and you've leaped over continents and you've uprooted your life to chase this like it's not for nothing it's for you have this purpose and you're listening and I just love that about you and I just want you to be encouraged thank you I feel very encouraged good now I'm like maybe I'm gonna go home and make music yeah you should I haven't felt excited about making music in a minute so I'm like it's easy to get burned out yeah like I literally was telling you when I started this podcast i haven't podcasted in like two months i'm just starting again because i was like i'm so uninspired and burned out Mm -hmm. and not here and not it's not hitting it's still it always hits me but i'm like i just got to take a break i'm too deep underwater right now yeah yeah and then you're you know it lifts i always wrap with leave your light Mm -hmm. what do you want people to know just like about anything first thing (laughs) that comes to mind it's so open-ended okay um i guess it's that that um and if you're going through a hard time then that won't last and similarly if you're having a beautiful moment that's not gonna last either so really like live in that moment yeah be in the moment yeah i just like everything is temporary so that's i'm trying to remind myself of that when i'm having a bad time and when i'm having a really beautiful moment i'm like this go all in last yeah that's what my grandmother says, Shirley. She says, <laughs> enjoy life's pleasures when you have them. And when you don't, don't mourn. That's so nice. And you know what she just did? Sorry, family, for spilling this tea. But Shirley, who's 86, her husband just died, Papa Bill, mm-hmm. the greatest guy in the world, my, one of my favorite people. Mm. She moved to a retirement home. She's been there a couple of years. She got herself a boyfriend. I'm Get like, it, Shirley. it's never going to replace her husband. It's mm-hmm. not like that. It's just a companionship. Mm-hmm. But I'm like... Enjoy life's pleasures when you have them. And when you don't, don't mourn. I mean, if your love of your life dies and you move to a retirement home, get yourself a companion. Yeah. Like, make the best of your life. Mm-hmm. And when it's sad, be sad and then make the best of it again when you can. Yeah. I love that. 
just had to wrap up with Shirley. Thank you so much for coming on, Nikita. Where can everybody find you? Uh, you can find me everywhere. Like music-wise, I'm on all the platforms, on social media. I am at Nikita Carmen. I know that it's hard to understand what I'm saying with my last name because I don't pronounce R's because I'm Australian. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's like on Instagram and TikTok and everything. You can find me at, at Nikita Carmen. Nikita Carmen. 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 <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. Oh, Paradise you. Island, y'all. Check it out. You're the best. Bye. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. My I didn't sister. know we were going to go there on I'm this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in exactly. to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, right. which is different than empathy. Yeah. Right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.